Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name uh, is Louis Mendes. On this week's show, then, we'll be looking back at that Papa John's uh, trophy defeat uh, over at Colchester in midweek. And, of course, ahead to Saturday's trip uh, up to Sinsel Bank to take on uh, Lincoln City. Joining me uh, to have that conversation, first up, it's the fans advisor, Mr. Lewis Cat. How are you doing, Lou? 
Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Are you advised any fans this week? Because you hadn't last week when I spoke to you. Uh, no, not really. No, oh, quiet. I, 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 I just don't know what to do with my days anymore. Now I'm waiting for your advice, but um, one day, mate, one day. Yeah, as soon as you can uh, provide me with those details, I'll, I'll know which way to head. And also, uh, another man who's always been wandering around aimlessly before Lewis was the the fans' advisor. Anyway, was uh, is Mr. Nathan Miller? How you doing, Nathan? Hello, boys. Yeah, living the dream, yeah. mate. If you could ask Lewis for one bit of fan advice, what would you ask him? One bit of fan advice? Mm. What, so... Uh, so oh, he's a not, fan not advisor. Complaint. It's his job now to advise you in life. Okay. Advise me in life, not just on football. Well, that'll, take a, that'll take me a long time. Jesus. To sort <laughs> <out>. <laughs> all right, all right. I've got, I've got a question. An advisor of what, of the of the uh, refreshments in the stand, in the covered end stand what beer do you take do you, is it the john smiths or is it the flat fosters neither because they're both horrendous <laughs> <laughs> there you go problem solved Lou. Oh, excellent right well we're, we're not only are we solving problems on this week's Charlton live the big match preview also uh, as i said we're going to look back at that game with colchester in a few moments time uh one nil up until 86 minutes and it's just the way it's going at the moment we uh, we managed to lose uh 2-1 to one of the worst teams in league two uh that makes it now so it's now Six games without a win in all competitions because our last win was that 3-0 win over Gillingham in the Papa Johns. Uh, and don't forget, going into the Lincoln game on Saturday, uh, we're looking for a first league win in eight games. Uh, so we'll look ahead to that game. We're going to hear from Scott Marshall after the Colchester game. He looks ahead to the game with uh, uh, Lincoln ever so briefly. Uh, we've also got Gary from the Stacey West blog uh, on the show as well. He tells us all about Lincoln City, the Imps, uh, who are, I think they're just ahead of us in the league table. So not, not much between the two sides. Uh, floating around in that hotbed of uh, lower League One. Uh, so we'll look ahead to that as well. But um, we just heard the goals there, Lewis, from the Colchester game. Um, f- for eighty, well, for 86 minutes, probably for about 75 minutes, up until we won the penalty, it was a bit of a nothing game. We, we were controlling it without creating too much in terms of opportunities. Uh, but it was, you know, once we got that penalty, you think, right, this is going to be 2-0. Jack Payne stepping up. Uh, we will just enjoy the uh, the distraction of cup football uh, get a little win under our belts, and then we'll meander home and worry about the league uh, on Saturday. But because we because we didn't win, and the manner of which we didn't win, that that bit of a nothing game just just added a little bit to my concerns because it's another game similar to league games recently where we've played all right in spells, not won, and defensively looked quite bad um, and shown a bit of a lack of character in that last five minutes as well. So. From from what was a game that I didn't really care about, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, actually, I'm, I'm I'm a bit concerned again. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Really, it was a bit of a nothing game, and I think in any other circumstances, we'd probably just laugh it off and get on with it. But because of the concerning form in the league as well, I think maybe when we went one nil up, there's a couple of obviously fringe players in there that were thinking, oh, it's a good opportunity for them to get some minutes and maybe try and force themselves into into Ben Garner's plans, given that. We're having so many struggles in the in the league and the starting eleven at the moment. Um, so you go up, go ahead through Albie Morgan, which I thought was quite a well taken goal. Um, and then, as you say, it was kind of kind of fairly flat then until we uh, until we won the penalty and, and Payne missed it. And then those two disappointing goals to concede with yet again some very poor defending from from our side. So yeah, I mean, in, like I say, in, in any other instance, I think with with the Papa John's Trophy, I'm not really that not really that bothered. But I think because of the the sort of depth of the issues that we're having at the moment um, in general in the league as well. Um, yeah, obviously very, very disappointing to to lose a game 
to a team in the in the league below as well of, of having a poor season themselves uh, in the manner that we did. You know, I think regardless of the the stature of the competition in our in our levels of you know in our importance or in our plans this season, it's still a very very disappointing result. And yeah, I mean, it, it just it leaves me baffled as to to where we go because defensively, I thought seeing seeing Terrell Thomas come in and and a few changes there, we might see someone's take a claim for a starting berth in the you know in the starting 11 in the league but based on based on that we're we're still very much struggling in that area mm, yeah I mean you, you say that the competition is is quite far down on our list of priorities I mean realistically it's the only one we've got any hope of winning or being successful in this season um Nathan when 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 we were struggling under Nigel Atkins at the start of last season we had a couple of um, big Papa John's wins in the midst of it. And that still didn't really turn around our, our league form. So maybe I'm getting a bit carried away thinking a win would have been not, I mean, it would have felt nice for a couple of days as well, just to feel a winning feeling. So winning the game wouldn't necessarily mean that we'd be full of confidence going to Colchester. So am I right in my assertion that losing it can dent it because of the, the manner in which we lost? I don't think, you know, I don't think uh, losing any game is going to, you know, fill you with too much confidence. But I know, I mean, I was listening to Scott uh, Marshall after the game and I think there was a question about confidence. I don't know if it was you or, or George, actually, who asked the question, but... It was me. I was, uh, I yeah. was full on Jeremy Paxman. But George gave him an easy ride. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a good question. And I mean, obviously, Scott come out and said, um, you know, the players are full of confidence anyway, which he's going to, but... Let's get let's have it right. No, win. You know, winning games bring you know breeds confidence, and confidence brings breeds winning games. So, no, no, no matter what competition, whether it's the Papa Joe or the league or the FA Cup or the whatever else we're in, winning games it will give them that little little bit of a lift because we haven't won in six, as you say. Yeah, there's been performances in parts of games where we've played well. Um, and I think that's what the difference where I'm feeling between now and, and where we were with Nigel Atkins, because I can see there's something there. We're just, it's just not clicking for whatever reason. Um, and as you know, you've both touched on, I don't care what game it is. You, if you're one nil up with four minutes of normal time to go and lose the game 2-1, it doesn't matter. I know, you know, we had eight seniors, senior pros start the game and I think there was five or six younger players in inverted commas who finished the game. But regardless, four minutes, see the game out. It was game management. We got bullied. And don't get me wrong, John Akinde is a bit of a lump, but we didn't manage the game and it is going to be disappointing. And, they, and there would be disappointment in that dressing room. And if there wasn't, I'd be concerned because you shouldn't lose a game like that. There's ways of losing games, believe it or not, in my opinion. And um, we just didn't do it. And... It just seems like the same old record, mate. Like every post-match sort of show we do at the moment, it's, you know, we have we have good in spells and we just don't take our chances. And I put a tweet out the other day, we're just not ruthless enough. And I think that's the crux of our hill. And obviously, you know, conceding too many isn't going <laughs> to do you any favours. But it's I think in front of goal, we've just not, we're not clicking and we're struggling to find a way of playing to get those results. And, you know, Saturday, I know we'll come on to Saturday, I'll take a 1-0, I can't even say off Jason Pierce's bum anymore because he ain't playing, but I'll take it off anyone's bum, you know. So hopefully that happens and the, and the confidence comes back. Because I think once we get that, I just think, you know, we'll kick on a little bit, but it's just a bit grey at the moment. See how I could describe it. Mm, um, we weren't giving up too many chances until maybe the last quarter of the game. Now, obviously, there was, there was changes at half-time um, but it, it took, like I say, until that last fifteen twenty minutes, maybe for Colchester to start opening this up. But the, the the manner of the goals we did concede was concerning, as you said, Lewis Terrell Thomas he came in, and I mean, I listen back to 
when I was ed- in the highlights, I noticed Pierce. He said he thought he had a reasonably good game, but then the last five minutes he's involved in in both the concessions of the goal, so not ideal for him. You will say he's probably not quite fully there with fitness yet, having having not really had a preseason, not really played uh, any minutes yet. So you, you can perhaps allow him that, but he, he would have been disappointed being out jumped for the the first goal, the corner that was headed against the crossbar, and then it was bundled over the line. And I, I think anyone. I, I, John Akinde, like he is a he is a he is a you know big chap and, and and possibly not the most I don't know mobile of strikers. So to, to get absolutely ghosted past like he did, I mean the harness will want to look at himself as well because he came off the line to block the angle and then just left left his near post completely unguarded. So yeah, def- defensively concerns there from a couple of players who perhaps will be looking to try and force themselves into the team. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was it's a very disappointing way to to lose a game, as you say, and I think that we wouldn't really, I don't think any player really would have staked much of a claim to try and push themselves into that sort of into Ben Garner's plans for the league. You know, it was obviously good to see Albion on the on the score sheet because you know we've always said he needs to get more goals in his game, and he was he was dropped out of the of the um, squad on Saturday against Oxford. Um, so yeah, it was good to see him obviously get on the score sheet because it would probably do a bit for his confidence. Um, but I mean, apart from that, really, I'm, you know, you're looking around that team, and I just don't really see anyone really making the claim for themselves. One person I would say, really, that I think at the moment should be in and around it is Jake Forstakowski. The reasons behind that, I don't know, but I'd, I would like to have seen him a bit more involved this season. And he's obviously getting his minutes within this competition um, and in the Carabao Cup. But I, I think you know, I saw a lot on Twitter about how he he looked quite sort of not comfortable but looked probably one of the better performers on Tuesday night and for me can be one of the best performers in this division but just doesn't really seem to be getting himself within in get into Ben Garner's plans which is a is a real shame but for me apart you know besides that I I don't really look at that side and think you know what you you played really well Tuesday you should be you know be a shoo-in for for Saturday I don't see it at all and that for me is concerning given how bad the the performance was on Saturday, well, especially the first half. But at the moment, I think if, if I'm Ben Garner and I'm looking around at competition, I'm I'm kind of struggling for for any kind of <laughs> any kind of competition from most positions because we're just not good enough. Mm. Um, as mentioned, there Albi on the score sheet. Um, he scored at that stadium as well in the in pre-season as well. I think if, if he ever was to leave the Valley, Nave, I guess Colchester might not be a bad location for him. He scores every time he touches the ball at the job serve. Yeah, he seems to, it seems to be a nice little ground for him, and yeah, you know, I was I'm delighted that he scored. Um, obviously, I've been how, how quite... you, what are you saying about his start to the season then? Because uh, well, Tom was predicting potential player of the season after one game. Hmm. Uh, he's he's been dropped in and out again. That inconsistency that we've struggled with with Albion the entire time. And this is the last year of his contract. Hmm. Do you see him playing himself into a new contract, or will he literally be at Colchester next season? I mean, listen, I, I, I've been a critic of Alb. Not because I don't like him as a player, because I think he's, there's a there's a player in there, and I can only be fair and from when I first saw LB and when he was in and around the team with Bose, and to where he is now, he's improved so much in so many elements of his game. But the word consistency that you said there is is the crux of it, and he just needs to get that because I know I know he's he's been around the block a little bit, you know, he's played a lot of games now, and he's still young, but. He's got a lot of games now, and he's. He, this should be the season where, like you say, he starts staking his claim and making that position his own. Because technically, he's great, right? We know he can fit in the team, but 
he needs to be consistent. You know, you look at Dobbo, look how consistent he is from week to week. I know it's a different role in a team, but for Albie to move on to that next and establish himself as a regular League One player, and then if he improves even more, then Championship or whatever. But yeah, like you say, I think it is the season that he needs to to maintain that consistency because at the moment, like you say, he's been dropped, he's dropped out a little bit. He's come back in, he's improved, and you know, I know he gets his critics. Um, I don't think he's had a a poor season by any stretch. I think he's had quite a positive start. It's just that little bit of consistency where he needs to add goals and assists to his game, which he, you know, he's doing, but he needs to do that a little bit more. Um, and he had a, he had a lot of leeway at the beginning, I think, because he come from the youth, and now everyone wants him to do well. But it's starting to divide a little bit of opinion now whether he, you know, he starts or not. Mm. Uh, DCF's just tweeted in no one cared about the pizza trophy match before it started uh, anyone complaining about it now is just furthering an existing agenda uh, onto what really matters avoiding the relegation dogfight in the league that's from DCF cheers mate yeah um, the Jack Payne's penalty uh, won the penalty took the penalty it was, it was a very good save actually it, 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 from, from the angle I was at it did seem like a reasonably decent spot kick in towards the bottom of the corner and uh, a good save and, and a good uh, uh Sort of rebound save as well if it's Hornby the the, the keeper for for Colchester. So a bit unlucky there. Jack's another one really who's probably been blighted by a bit of inconsistency since he's come into the side, Lewis. Yeah, I think so. I think there's been times he's come in um, towards the start of the season. I was very impressed with what I saw, and then when he came in from from the start, I think he really struggled. Um, but he is he is a very dangerous player. You know, at this level, he's he's difficult to to mark. Even though he's small, he is quite strong, quite agile. Um, you know, he's quick, he's got a decent strike on him, he's he's got a decent delivery from dead ball. So there's a lot there's a lot of positives with, with Jack Payne. Um but I think when he has come in from the start, I do think he struggled to to sort of manage that and, and maybe hasn't performed to levels that he, he would expect of himself because it was one of the most important players for Ghana last year at Swindon and we know how good he can be. Um so yeah, I think it's been a difficult one for him. But also I do think, you know, Dobbo has been apart from the maybe the first week has been pretty much undroppable and, and Scott Fraser's impressed me at times as well. So I mean if you're playing in a midfield three, then I'd like you know, I'd think for me Payne would be one that would get in there um with those three. If you're playing a two, then I think Dobbo and um Fraser pick themselves every time. But yeah, I mean I, he's obviously I think we're still to see the best of Jack Payne. You know, he got his goal up at Barnsley, which was probably overshadowed by the the poor performance in general. Um and obviously disappointing not to get a goal Tuesday night, but wasn't wasn't the worst penalty. Um, I think there's a lot more to come from him, so it'd be interesting um, to sort of see if he can try and sort of push himself into into the starting eleven. And if he does, if he can make a little bit more of a of an impact to make himself more of a mainstay in that position. Yeah, uh, bad news that uh, DJ went off injured. Uh, I saw him in a in a plastic boot after the game. We'll hear uh, from Scott Marshall now. I do ask him about that injury. Uh, but first of all, he was asked for his thoughts on the performance during the defeat of Colchester. I think um, you know we scored a, scored a great goal and and, and dominated um, large parts of the game. Um, yeah, as you say, we're a, a young team in, in the last five ten minutes there and. And they'll be all the better for the experience in the long run. But uh, right now, it's a bit of a sore one, you know, lo- losing our game in the last couple of minutes um, it is always difficult to take. But um, yeah, certainly they're hurting in there, and we're all hurting a wee bit at the moment from the result. Um, but I'm sure when the dust settles, we'll, we'll look at it and we'll, we'll pick up the pieces and, and 
and uh, you know the boys there's been a lot of positives in there um, maybe a few of the lads the more senior lads getting uh, getting those minutes under the belt and uh, you know they're feeling a wee bit tired in the last five minutes in there as well has contributed to it um, but I think the game should have been we should have been out of sight really you know with the chances we've created uh, certainly in the first hour Lots of positives, as you say, particularly in the first half. We played a lot of really nice football, and I think our goal came at the end of a 15-pass move. We counted. Um, that must really please you as staff, those positives. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was a great goal from Albi. Albi scored here pre-season as well. It was a, it was a fantastic strike pre-season. So, yeah, the build-up to the goal was it was really good. Um, some some great play around the box to create the situation, and Albi tucked it away. Uh, really well uh, I think we had two or three more situations like that as well where we've we've broken through and had some neat passes around the box um, and, and maybe you know keepers made a good save or it's just went the wrong side of the post for us um, and, and you know and there's big moments all the way throughout um, that, that hour if you like where we, we could be quite well out of sight and probably needed that in the last five minutes Is there any um, early news on Deja? Sorry he came out in a, in a plastic boot yeah, so a precaution at the moment. You know, it's still very early. Um, obviously, we're, we're you know um, a little bit concerned that he had to come off, um, um, but we'll see how he is and how hopefully it'll settle quickly. So, what part of his leg is? Is he is his ankle? Or? Yeah, I think it's his ankle a little bit that he's rolled, but I'm, I'm not sure to be 100. Yeah. percent It's a strong challenge, wasn't it, that, that injured him? We a bit frustrated with that in a game like this. Yeah, there was a number of challenges that I think um, you know maybe the, the referee could have. Uh, could have nipped in the bud a little bit earlier and, and uh, maybe set a bit of a precedent but um, it is what it is we've got to stand up to that and we've got to compete alongside it but as you say when guys come off injured it's not great So you mentioned Colchester have a, have a new manager and want to impress and start picking up points having had a difficult spell in the league I guess Charlton are probably in quite a similar space slightly higher up in the league at the moment but today's probably quite typical of the fact that they've controlled spells of the game but been unable to force that over the line and that's probably become a bit of frustration over the last couple of months Yeah sure I mean uh, certainly this evening we've created enough chances to to, to see the game uh, be out of sight you know and for that last 5-10 minutes not to be a, a thing that's possible really um, so that's maybe a frustrating thing from this evening um, getting a bit of a sucker punch like that but the young lads that have um, got a little bit of a taste of it tonight um, they'll be better for it and they'll understand that you know how you've got to see games out and win games um, at, at the senior end and um, um, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back out in the grass straight away and, and, and talking these things through and making sure the learning happens I guess uh, people always say that cup games are a nice distraction but winning can breed confidence in a cup game throughout the, the entire squad so it's, it's disappointing that they weren't just quite to do that because obviously you do need a bit of a lift at the moment um, I, I don't think that there's any problem with confidence or anything like that you know I think we, we've um, you know we've had a good training session this morning with uh, a number of the lads who aren't involved, weren't involved tonight um, uh, really pleasing uh, what happened there and um, it's a five minute sucker punch tonight I think the if we'd come away with a 1-0 and everybody would be saying how, what a fantastic performance and could have been a, you know, three or four on the night um, it's not turned out that way um, and we've got to dust ourselves down and, and keep working away and keep our head down uh, and make sure we do things a little bit better Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's Joe. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr. The absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lads. Joe have scored. With seconds remaining. We've done it all. Guess it. Come on. What a time to be here. Here at Wembley. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Just been looking back at the Papa John's uh, defeat up at Colchester in the Pepperoni Trophy. We heard from Scott Marshall, the assistant coach, uh, just before the break there. Uh, you mentioned it, Nave. I mean, just before we go into our, our tweets and emails and stuff, um, I, I am a bit concerned about, I don't know, the, the mentality or, or whatever it is that means we can't turn these... Well, normally draws into wins and it should have been a draw on, on Tuesday minimum because we, we got close but these the, the spells into wins and I, I do wonder if it's affecting confidence or if it's a mentality thing that we can't concentrate at the right times but I, I just can't understand why we don't get over the line and you know when it happens three or four games in a row you're like okay may, maybe there's a, you know, a bit of bad luck at play here but when it's happened what seven eight games in a row now starting to get a bit concerned so uh, as you said I'm not entirely sure I, I, I'd i agree with Scott when he said he thinks that confidence is still high I think uh, it's hard because like I said he's not going to come out and say you know the, the boys are all down in the doldrums and it's going to be hard to pick them up for Saturday he's not going to come out and say that for sure but I think they must be because I think if we, if we look at a game like every game this season if we go 1-0 down I can't see us scoring two and I can only assume, maybe I'm wrong, but I can only assume that's probably how the team feel as well because I, d- I just, surely it rubs off, you know, from fans to, to players because we, we sort of know we're not scoring, we're not hitting, you know, the back of the net as often as we'd like. Um, and there might be a little bit of a confidence um, issue. Um, but I mean, the only way of getting around that is winning a game of football, no matter how you do it, just win the game, get on that coach or train or wherever they're getting home, have that little bit of a buzz back. And on Monday morning, is that a little bit more better? It's a little bit more positive. You know, everyone starts looking forward to games instead of going, oh, hang on a minute, we ain't one in six. We can only score one goal a game. You know, we, you know we, we're looking behind us that down at the bottom three a little bit instead of upwards trying to reach the playoffs. So I think, yeah, once you get that, that win on the board, it hopefully it will turn. I mean, yeah, I know Plymouth was a bit of an outlier, put it put it lightly, with the five goals against ten men. But they could only play what what you know what was in front of them, and they played well. 
And there have been games, you know, I'm not saying that we played badly every week or, you know, we're really, really bad. It's just we're so consistently poor in front of goal, but you want that to swing the other way. And I think if they do that and get that win, no matter penalty last minute, if it's Jack Payne again, just get that. And then that will just breed that little bit of confidence, which I think they need. Because look at the players, you know, we've touched on Fraser already. Payno, Fraser, Raksaki, we've got some good footballers and they're not, they're, you know, this, this for me, this squad, apart from, I know we're short up front, but this squad isn't where it is. You know, I don't think it's top of the league by any stretch, but I think it's the top half of the table squad on paper. But games aren't won on paper and we're not winning enough games because we're not scoring enough goals. But that I think that will change if we just get a couple of wins. Two wins on a bounce, you the whole dynamic changes. Yeah, right. Well, uh, an email is literally coming right now uh, from uh, Dean Lane. Uh, says, I have to say, I feel uh, quite sorry for Terrell Thomas as he had a good game uh, on Tuesday, albeit against the League Two side. But he played well with both feet, quite assured on the ball, uh, broke the lines well with his good passing. He was absolutely blowing on 60, 65 minutes and should have got subbed off then. He hasn't played for ages and that's the last, uh, that last minute winner wouldn't have happened if he uh, didn't have the legs or if he just didn't uh, to uh, to stop the absolute tank of a striker, just got pushed off the ball. Uh, anyway, other than uh, Thomas being skint, uh, the accounts look poor, doom and gloom, can't see a win coming. Uh, at least Chucks is back for a couple of weeks, season saved, I guess. Boys, a great pod. It really helps when the football is rubbish. If you could do a pod uh, every night, that would be great, as I won't have to talk to the wife as much. <laughs> that's, from, uh, that's from Dean. Um, yeah, cheers. Uh, yeah, the the accounts uh, sort of released today. I think the numbers on the whole we'd seen before. Is intro- I think we got confirmation that Thomas paid just over a million pounds for the club, uh, which I think was known roughly known, and then well, just under seven hundred thousand pounds for the women's team, and a few, few little bits and pieces in there. The amount I think we were losing during the COVID season over two hundred thousand pounds a week, uh, which was a, a remarkable amount. And um, Kevin Maguire has given quite a detailed rundown of, of the accounts. If you want to read that, I'm no uh, no expert when it comes to uh, analysing club accounts like that, but yeah, so a couple of interesting uh, bits and pieces uh, in there. And Dean, yeah, talking about that. That situation with with Terrell Thomas uh, being tired, uh, which we did mention earlier. Um, Just before we, again, go into another couple of emails and and points and stuff. um, When when we look at the league table, um, Lewis, so we are 11 games in and we've won two. Now, Nigel Atkins got sacked. I asked this question a couple of weeks ago. Nigel Atkins got sacked uh, when we'd won two in 13 games. Um, Yeah. I don't think that'll be the situation this time. I think may, maybe give it a few more games and we haven't won, then maybe people might be a bit uh, a bit concerned. But this time, so this time last year, we'd we'd um, uh, lost seven of our of our first eleven games, so not quite that amount. Obviously, this time we've only lost three and we've drawn quite a lot, so that is why it does feel a bit different, I guess. But that win ratio is is a bit concerning. At some point, we 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 need to start picking up on that, and at some point, Ben. We'll start to get asked that question as well. A hundred percent, yeah. You know, it feels a little bit like deja vu because I think pretty much I think it was actually the same weekend uh, this time last year we were going into the Lincoln game under Nigel, and it was it was sort of felt a little bit like this then, where we don't really you know we're in a poor run of form, don't really know where the next win's going to come from. <clears throat> Confidence seems low, um, and it's a. It's a really interesting one to see how it will go because I think, you know, we. I'm a big believer, and I think Benji said this on Sunday that I don't, I don't really think that a change is something that is something that that we need. I think you know Garner's come in, um, 
to to put a project in place. I think he said numerous times he needs a few transfer windows to do that. Thomas said he's investing in a project with Ben Garner. Um, but at the same time, you do have to look at the the form in the league. You know, it is a results-driven business. And at the moment, we are struggling to turn those draws into wins. You know, I think we've got, what is it, six draws out of the, out of the 11 games played so far, which is, you know, it's a lot. Um, and it's uh, it's obviously alarming. And, and you don't want to get sucked into that battle at the bottom. So, you know, I do think that, this game probably is another one where, as I say, it's the deja vu where it's quite an important one and it's quite a quite a sort of a paramount part of the season because if we if we don't turn this around quickly and we fall into the same sort of slide that we did under Nigel, then obviously then I think patience wears thin regardless of whether the manager's here for a project or not. So, you know, I think I think Ben will be looking at this as a as a must win game. I think we all will be. Um mm. and hopefully we turn out a better performance against Lincoln than we did there last season. Oh goodness me! Last season's performance against Lincoln, I, uh, uh, Nigel Atkins interview after as well. We talked about the fine margins when we got absolutely battered for seventy minutes. I'd say the last like, first twenty were all right, but I remember that last seventy minutes we got absolutely battered. And it was a bit of a miracle that we were still level going into added time, but then we lost uh, lost anyway. Now we've got a few uh, tweets and emails uh, that have coming in. I mean, actually, I will ask you, Nathan. So, will, will Thomas have? altered his expectations for this season knowing that he has cut investment in terms of like spending money on players you know there's, there's still a wage bill and whatnot but will, will he take that into account when he looks at where we are in the table uh, in my opinion I think he has to I mean uh, I feel sorry for Ben um, to be honest with you I think you know at the beginning I said it a couple of weeks ago at the time at the beginning you know we seemed to be getting players in who sort of fitted a system and a way of playing and then um, and then it sort of seemed to go quiet really in terms of you know the help that Ben needed up front which everyone can see and I'm sure um, you know Ben Garner probably wanted another body in and and I think it's you know it's coming to fruition now that we are (laughs) short which we all knew in the first place Um, not to rely on you know Jaden on his own and young Miles who's as, as good season he's having we can't rely on him for the whole year so I think looking at what cards Ben has been dealt, in my opinion, the tools he's been given um, in a project that I was behind and still am behind and I still think it will change. But I don't think we should be going down the route of sacking Ben because otherwise we're going to be in the same boat again, mate. Like We're going to have another manager with another way of playing, with, with a load of mishmash of players that he don't like. And I just think, surely, he'll have to curb his expectations. But I think you've still got to have some sort of, you know, as a, as a CEO and a manager, they're probably going to, still aim to you know finish as high as they can to see where we are in January and then hopefully not in the bottom three but um and then assess then and maybe that will change his mind in terms of spend but if he hadn't done it in August January's well known to be more expensive and and, and prices are more inflated so I think he will have to have curbed his sort of ambition for this year um I know he's going on about the breaking even and whatnot which we can talk to the cows come home but I think um looking how it's panned out so far, I think he'll have to really. And I think all of us have, to be honest, Mm. as much as it hurts to say it, I'm still positive and think it can change within a matter of weeks. If you look, we've lost three games, Sheffield Wednesday have lost three and they're what third in the league, but the difference is they can finish games and they can, they can be ruthless enough to win more games than us. And I think it's such a fine, fine line of what, where you can go after a little, little run. 
Um, but surely he would have. Well, if he, if he gets rid of him because he hasn't won enough games, I'd be like, mate, come on, you can't you can't get a builder in and then not give him any bricks or cement. You know, like it, you've got to give the guy some tools to work with. But mm. I guess we'll see, mate. <clears throat> right. Well, let's have a look at this email then uh, from Chris Collingwood that came in during the week. Hi guys, a massive issue uh, for me with all of Sandgard's absolute mismanagement uh, of the club and deflection of blame elsewhere uh, is the ambition to break even. When has that ever been an ambition for any football fan? At the start of the season, fans are asked uh, for their hopes for the season, a punt uh, at Europe, maybe a good a cup run, a top six uh, or stability if you've just got promoted. No one has ever said, I'd love for the club uh, to break even. How would that even affect us as fans? We never break even because we're always shelling out for tickets uh, and for transport. Imagine the chant, we're by far the most fiscally sound team the world has ever seen. Uh, that would really show the opposition fans who's the best as we slide even further down the league. Uh, thanks forever. Uh, thanks as ever for such a great show. It's pretty much the only chant related thing I look forward to at the moment. That's from Chris Collinwood. I mean, um, the, the break-even thing it still remains a concern for me just because I don't see how it... How it cer- I, I certainly don't see how it happens in terms of, of us being a successful team. You know, there's... Um, uh, I, I've said recently, I, it, it just doesn't show any ambition. I mean, all hell uh, let loose. Charlton not at six oh six ran a poll on Twitter uh, last week or during the week. It says uh, for Charlton Live. My question for Thursday: With uh, Thomas's plan to break even for next season, uh, will the Addicts ever win promotion to the Championship with Thomas in charge? And uh, of one hundred and fifty-four votes, and obviously Twitter polls aren't the most scientific polls, but it's probably a reasonable pointer. Um, uh, people said uh, yes and soon was only 5% no no, we won't go up with Thomas is 95% so it does show a lot how and you know a couple with Chris's email there Lewis it does show how a lot of the fans feel about the current situation the current long term planning that seems to be being talked about of break even uh, and I, I do think that that is reflected in the attendances I mean that's without even talking about the, the ticket prices as well but attendances have been low this season because I think there's been a lot of messaging it's quite hard to get on board with yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. I think that you know it, it, it's probably the the most relevant discussion of the of the season so far is is the affordability because of, of a lot of things going on in the world with cost of living as well. You know, it's, it's obviously very sad to see the valley as empty as it is. So um, yeah, that's something that that needs looking at urgently, in my opinion. Um, but in terms of the breaking even, you know, it's difficult, and I think I've said this before that. I think at this level, it's incredibly difficult to break even unless you're going to accept being in the lower echelon of the division uh, and be happy with that, which we know that that we as fans, that's, we won't want that. And, and if we're going off of Thomas's original aspirations, then then he won't want that either. So it's a bit of a mixed message, really, this, this break even thing. I think that I, I imagine it will fall flat at some point because I think it, some realisation will be will be felt that that's not possible. Like it's not going to work. Um and if it is going to be forced and we end up staying in this division for a long time, then the unrest is going to increase and increase and the attendances are going to drop and drop. So mm. you have to you have to look at how how you balance it out. Do you want to be competitive in this division? And if so, you have to look at the budgets of the sides that are up there consistently every season battling promotion. And I know we've not been blessed in the in the finances department for a very long time. And, and Boya got us up with a, a very limited budget, um, but a budget nonetheless. So... It's diff- It's a difficult one to look at. I think football's changing by the year, and we see like values of players in in the EFL going up every year. Um, you know, it's like it's like anything. Prices are rising, you know, and it, it's difficult to keep up. And I think if you want to get out of this division, then you do have to, you do have to invest, and you do have to take that hit. And then you know, you you'll make your money back in the the increased revenues within the championship. 
Yeah, I, what, what, I mean, obviously the affordability of tickets is something we've spoken about. I, I, I like if if they are sort of fixed for this season, for example. I, I do wonder if the die has already been cast a little bit. That will be that will be my concern. Or if they're let's say sorted for next season, uh, if the ambition of the club remains the same, I wonder you know how many people have got out of the habit and not actually be that tempted by by, by what's happened. Earlier on this season, uh, Jono says a club the size of Charlton has no chance of breaking even uh, in League One. The club needs to be in the top half of the Championship to even stand a chance of breaking even. I think most have come to the conclusion that won't happen uh, under Thomas Sangard. Noddy says, let's be honest, relegation uh, is more likely and that could be this season as well. Cappuccino says, can we officially confirm we're back to being a nutcase club? Uh, yeah, potentially, <laughs> potentially a crisis club. Uh, there was a, a show on BBC London a few weeks ago where they were asking if Chelsea are a crisis club. Uh, a little bit tongue in cheek, but uh, you know when when they not long before I think they sacked Thomas Tuchel, uh, and I was uh, getting on board with. I think if if you think that's a crisis club, you ought to come down the valley and see see what that's about. And then Rachel says, at this stage, I have no idea how the Charlton Live podcast isn't just the team screaming into a pillow for sixty minutes. We can all see what the issues are. Time for Sangard to properly invest and to back. Uh, the manager uh, for once. Right, we've also got um, another message about the manager. Uh, Tony says, Evening, gents. Thanks, as always, for the show. Thoughts so far uh, with uh, more games in uh, the Ghana approach will work, given time and further backing and development uh, of some. We really need some better centre-back options, though, to play this way. Lavelle, uh, the less said, the better. Innes is a tackle all the way from suspension or injury uh, on top of this. Uh, lots of frustration in the North Lower near me uh, around Stockley the other day. I'm not sure how he can score without the ball. If we can give him chances, he will score. I would love to see the 4-4-2 given another chance to work. I can see Stockley and Lebone getting goals with two out-and-out wingers in this system. Seeing players like Stockley, Egbo and others trying to get the covered end on side shows they will give all they have. I uh, also enjoyed Stockley's reaction to coming off on Saturday. That man gives his all for the club every time the shirt goes on. That's from Tony and Elton. So I mean, we'll start to look ahead to Lincoln now then, Nathan. Before we hear from Scott Marshall, if I put you on a spot, what formation would you play this Saturday, seeing what you've seen over the last few weeks where we've tried three at the back in two different formations, 3-4-3 three, three. Uh, last week against Oxford, didn't work in the first half, we switched it. 3-5-2 uh, away at Fleetwood, didn't work in the first half, we switched it. 4-4-2 four, four, has happened a few times now, looked all right. And we've played a fair bit of 4-3-3 three, three, where we were playing some of our best stuff at the start of the season in that formation as well. So there's formations that have worked for us. Um, which one would you be picking if it was up to you on Saturday up at Lincoln? Uh, I see. I know people were saying the four four two they'd like to see. I mean, the four four two is great for some games, but I think sometimes you can get done by um, when you've got three, especially because you can then can play what a, a Fraser and a Dobbo in the middle, um, and them as a two as a flat. I mean, it might work. You know, I could be wrong, but for me, I'd considering the blessing we've got in terms of the middle of the pitch, in terms of Payno, Morgan, Fraser, JFC. Um, and all that jazz. I'd play a diamond personally, and I'd, I'd keep. I would, I'd give Jez a rest. You know, he's 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 still a kid. It's his first senior season. You've got Corey. You've got Charlie. Play a diamond if you're chasing a game. They're three players that, as a defender, you won't want on in a pitch all at the same time. Um, so I'd play. I'd play a diamond personally, and the two up top is the problem. I think mean, that's the problem because if you play Stockley and um, uh, Miles. If you're then chasing the game, you haven't got a strike on the bench to come on, have you? So, I don't know. I, I'd like to see more of a diamond play, but um, just because of the technical ability we've got in the middle of the pitch, um, whether that'll be Payno as a 10 and you've got Morgan and Fraser and Dobbo or JFC, um, I don't know. But um, I'd like to see um, 
for a, a, a diamond. I think a flat four four two. I think you were relying on one of the two to drop. So you could put play Jez there, but Jez, I think Jez hasn't got that work rate to sit in to make a five in midfield or sit at a, just behind that as a ten um, to combat if the, if another team does have a three in there because you get overrun. But I think yeah, I'd go for a diamond. I'd swerve. I swerve the back three. Maybe give Claire a go in the middle. You know, like he's got the energy, he's got that dynamism. I'd give him a go in there if we've got um, uh, Sessegnon fit. Um, give that a go. Mm, excellent stuff. Right, well, we head to Lincoln on Saturday, obviously going in search of our first league away win uh, of the campaign. Um, I did ask uh, Scott Marshall, the assistant boss, after that game at Colchester, uh, just to have a little look ahead to the game. Uh, and we uh, agreed that it would be a, uh, the best place to start winning on the road. Absolutely. It would be uh, all hands on the pump, if you like, for that one. And uh, uh, as it has been already, and the preparations already started for that one. And uh, yeah, looking forward to that one at the weekend. What sort of test do you expect from, from Lincoln? Yeah, it'll be a tough game. Every game's a, a tough game in this league. So um, yeah, we, we'll be ready for them and uh, looking forward for the last next couple of days. Uh, doing the final bits of preparation that'll be good there we go Scott Marshall looking ahead to Saturday's game on Lincoln why is our away record so poor this season Lewis because again at the start of the season there were, there were games there on the road that we should have won and we haven't so uh, the fact we've been unable to turn the away performances into wins similar to the home games really it's just I, I don't understand why we haven't done it and then we, when we've come up against decent sides now recently Barnsley not even that decent Bolton who I thought were quite good they, they've found us way too open at the back for our liking so th- th- there's elements that they have to improve upon for, for Saturday if we are to break that away duck this season yeah definitely it's a difficult one isn't it at the moment with with the away form because as you say I don't I don't think really until recently we've been out of games away from home like the Accrington game we should have held on and we could have taken all three points from that you know, we had a fairly decent point at, at Wickham. I was disappointed with, with Fleetwood. We probably could have won that later on. A really poor first half at the second half. We were by far the better side to a point where we nearly won that game. But from that, you know, Barnsley, Barnsley and Bolton were two fairly poor performances where, the, for me, the defensive sort of shackles really came off and we really started to struggle. I mean, we saw a few wobbles in the early exchanges, but we saw enough to to sort of ride it ride it out. You know, even in the home game against Derby, we had some wobbles defensively in that first half and then we managed to sort of calm it down a little bit. But, you know, Barnsley being probably one of the most obvious, the defensive display up there was absolutely atrocious. Um, and for me, that's, you know, that's where games are won and lost in the, in your your final third and in your defence. And at the moment, you know, we've not been good enough in, in either. So it's it's difficult to sort of defer the two the home form and the and the away because i think overall our form has been pretty shocking um but for me i think we do become a little bit too predictable when we stick to systems i think we um you spoke about it on sunday with 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 benji and um i can't remember who else was on um but you spoke about it there that we we become too predictable and it was the same thing under jacko last season people suss us out quite quickly um, so it'll be interesting to see his notice if he changes the system up on um, on Saturday at Lincoln. But I, I don't know what's going to cure our fever on the road. You know, you never know if it takes one one decent result and, and we're away. But it's yeah, it's a very difficult one to to work out. Mm, yeah. So I mean, in terms of the starting lineup, then, so I guess defensively, like we've said, we've had our issues. We did try to free at the back. I, I, I can't see us trying that for a third time, Nathan, because it's gone wrong both times. So. I mean, did Terrell Thomas do enough in midweek to convince you he should be coming in for 
one of the one of the two at the back. O'Connell seems to. I think he started every league game so far this season. Innes and Lavelle have switched over. I mean, is is out of those four defenders, which which two would you put your faith in? Because I'm not sure I've got a lot of faith to give at the moment. I think well, I think if Terrell Thomas was blowing after six, 66 minutes, I don't think he's a shoe in by any stretch. But I'd go with um I think Lavelle's had a couple of poor games. I think the Barnsley one was. That last Barnsley goal was probably one of the funniest goals I've ever seen us concede. So, um, and I think that will live in my memory for a long time, um, to be honest. But I, I'd go for Innes and O'Connell, to be fair. I'm not saying that any of them are bang on form and at the first name on the team, team sheet. But of what we've got at the moment, uh, get Terrell some more minutes. Um, I think it's a good option to have a left footer as well. Um, gives a little bit of balance. Um, but yeah, I'd go with Innes and, um, and Sam. Uh, as 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 a bat, as a centre half pairing of two, and I said earlier, maybe a diamond. You could even play a box four. You could have McGrandles and Dobbo sitting with Pano and Fraser behind another two. You could do that, um, which you know it could work. I know people could try and come down the side of us, but then that's what I think. If you've got Claire and Sess down either side, Dobbo could sit a little bit deeper as a half back, as it were. I think we I think we could be flexible. I just think we need to try something different. Um, because it's obviously not working, but for me, Innes and um, O'Connor will be my two starting centre halves if I was in the technical area, anyway. Yeah, well, thank God you're not. Um, so uh, it's, to be fair, I don't know who I'd pick anyway. Um, in terms, of, I, I do wonder if we can read into the fact that Miles Lieburn didn't didn't travel at all to to Colchester as to whether he's been readied for a, for a ninety minutes, maybe a start up up alongside Jaden Stockley. But I mean, I am. I have felt like at times this season we've looked better with that two up top. You know, we've been chasing games a couple of times. We've switched to a two up top and I feel more comfortable there. You know, we did, as we said, at the start of the season, played three with effectively the one striker and the two wide forwards and that worked, but we we weren't able to take our chances. I don't know if you had a preference as well for that, Lewis, if you absolutely had to be, be put on the spot, which way you would go with the forward line. Yeah, I think to be honest, I'd, I'd go with it. It's difficult because of the depth, isn't it? If, you know, Jaden or Miles get injured and they're both playing, what do you do then? You obviously revert back to a different system and there's no real backup. But, you know, we saw, I saw today Chucks and EK's back in training. Will, will he, you know, be around on the bench? I don't know. I think I'd be quite surprised if he was, given that he's been out for such a long time. But we obviously, we did look much better in the two and we've spoken already um, about how much more of a threat Jaden Stockley is playing that system. And I think at the moment, you know, we seem to be sort of nullifying his strengths in in some of the, systems we have been playing and he's one of our key players really um so yeah for me I'd, I'd like to see the the 4-4-2 from from the start to be honest but my only concern would be if Miles or or Jaden were to get pick up an injury then the depth isn't isn't really there but depends I, I suppose if if Chucks is going to be around or if he is on the bench then maybe we will see that system but that's what I'd ideally like to go for whether we see it or not I'm, I'm not too sure Excellent stuff. Right, well, let's hear uh, about the Imps uh, from a Lincoln point of view. Gary Hutchinson uh, is from the Stacey at West blog uh, with his side sitting just one place above us uh, in the league table, sitting in 15th on 13 points. We're in 16th on 12 points, so they do have a game in hand uh, on us. I uh, wondered uh, how Gary felt the season had gone so far. Um, it's been a moderate start to the season. I think with a new manager um, and a change really in, in emphasis from last season we were entering the unknown and I think if anybody had said to us 10 games in we'd be where we are I think most people would have taken that there are clear 
Um, when I say issues, I don't mean fundamental issues, but there are clearly things about our team at the moment that, that do need correcting. Um, but I think that there's also some some signs of positivity, which mm. after a pretty dismal season last season is, is a really good thing for the supporters. Yeah, it's, it's hard to sort of work out where Lincoln's expectations will sit because obviously you did so well in your first season in... Uh, or your second season, I should say, in League One when you got into the playoffs. That I, I guess there was an ex- an expectation maybe last year that you'd repeat that, but obviously that wasn't the case. So going into this season, where 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 did fans? What sort of team do fans see Lincoln as? Are, are they do they feel they should be playoff contenders, or are they happy to sort of meander in, in mid table in League One just to sort of make themselves more of a an established outfit at this at this level? Yeah, it's absolutely the latter. I think that that, that second season, um, or the, uh, the one after COVID, was a false season from many perspectives because of the, the salary cap, because we'd actually shed a lot of our higher earners in January. We started with a clean slate in what was very much a, a kind of a buyer's market at the time. So we were able to recruit really well, whereas other sides had quite um, bloated squads, if I remember, and, and restricted teams like Portsmouth and Sunderland, for instance, couldn't do their, their usual yearly overhaul um and the thing i think uh, last season it was it was dose of reality we suffered quite badly with injuries i think we were better than where we finished in the league if if i'm honest um but we, we let ourselves down in in key areas and at key times with some really awful results at home and i think michael appleton um hadn't built up a lot of credit which was surprising so having taken us to within 90 minutes of the championship there was still those calling for his head within six or seven games of the new season they didn't like his abrasive attitude um, and they didn't like the fact that it felt to many and I'm not saying this was the case but it felt to many like he was doing the club a favour by being there not something I subscribed to but that was the fans feeling so I think this season there was um, there was an element of optimism and hope a new manager somebody who seems to want to connect with the fans very much but also a realism that uh, a realistic approach to um, to our expectations in that we know what size we are you know we're, we're not a charlton or an ipswich or a portsmouth we don't get regular five figures at, uh, you know five figure attendances at home you know if teams like charlton are in for a player that we're also in in for like the winger from crystal palace on loan um it's likely that we're going to lose out so i think that there's a there's a desire to um, establish ourselves just as a standard League One side, looking to fight around 10th to 15th finish, you know, lower upper half or right at the top of the bottom half. And I think if we were to do that this season, everybody would be happy. Yeah. Uh, what well, can you tell us about the new manager then, Mark Kennedy? What sort of changes has he looked to bring into the to the Lincoln side? Um, so Mark's certainly more flexible in terms of his approach. Michael Appleton was very, very rigid. Whether we were winning, losing or drawing, he played out from the back. If we needed to protect a lead, he, he, we didn't seem to do it. We had one way of playing. So if you're doing well, for instance, when we beat Sheffield Wednesday, it was very good because you do the right things the right way. At the same time, you get the same result. Um, Mark has always already shown a flexibility. For instance, uh, Michael never went three at the back. Mark went three at the back this weekend against Bolton. We lost. We lost through two silly individual errors, but actually we restricted Bolton to very, very few chances that we didn't give them. Um, Mark's also looking, I think, to build more of a rapport with the fans. I think he understands that, you know, that he needs to, to kind of have that that link in order to buy himself a little bit of credit. And I think you know, if, if the fans are on board with what the manager wants to do, I think that they tend to be a little bit easier on the players. Um, I think in terms of recruitment, things have been very much the same. We've got kind of a, a structure above Mark Kennedy, which has um, 
which has remained in place you know, over the last couple of managers. So not a lot has changed there. But I think it's the willingness to mix things up as well. We are happy to go a little bit longer. I'm not talking Wickham or Gillingham football destroying long ball. <laughs> but I'm talking about just a little bit savvier. You know, if you're 2-0 up and there's 10 minutes to go, let's get bodies behind the ball and make it stick to a striker. And, and Michael Apple didn't have that. And it's why we lost two goal leads. We were 2 up at home to MK Dons last season and lost 3-2 because we showed no awareness or willingness to change. So mm. I think that's something that Mark's brought. Yeah, I mean, just so looking ahead to the game on uh, Saturday on the Central Bank, then who are the uh, the danger men that the Addicts fans should be wary of? Uh, well, definitely Jack Diamond. I think he's been nominated for Player of the Month this uh, this month. Obviously on loan from Sunderland, had a really good season at Harrogate, scored a hat trick against a really awful Bristol Rovers side the other week. Um, got a couple of assists as well, so he's a danger. Danny Mandriu, uh, we signed in the summer from Shamrock Rovers. He's a former Celtic target, um, and and he's been injured all season up until. This last game came on against Bolton. He looked really lively. I think he's going to be a handful if he gets some time on the field. Jordan Garrick is another who, who we've got on loan from Swansea. He was the guy that came in um, after we missed out on the, the lad that Charlton loaned, um, the winger. So uh, he's another one as well. Um, so I think they're probably the main three in terms of a goal threat and attacking threat. There we go. Thanks to Gary for speaking to me uh, during the week um, about the Imps. Um, yeah, it's, we, we struggled against some... Last season, up at their place, yeah, as I said, I thought we were absolutely dreadful, actually, when the, uh, when we played Lincoln away. I remember Jaden Stockley being brought on, having been benched by uh, Nigel Atkins and then scoring an own goal within two minutes. It sort of summed up our start to to last season. Uh, I think they beat us at home as well, didn't they? Yeah, under Jacker, they'd done the double under, uh, over us. So it will be a tough test. They haven't started so well, as we heard there from Gary the you know, expectations for them were a bit mixed because they had that one excellent season where they reached the playoff final, having beaten Sunderland in the uh, in the semis but that was a bit of an outlier since you know for for a club their size in this division but i mean if we if we go in with that mentality oh it's only little lincoln i mean we're going to get our backsides handed to us as we have uh, too often this season though yeah totally i think for both of those games i remember that lincoln and getaway game well i think that's when he brought kirk on as the 10 didn't he I think we started with Leco and Davison up there. Yeah, think, we, had, we tried about five or six different players trying out the 10 yeah. roles. <laughs> yeah, Elliot. I think Elliot was there as well. I know Tom's favourite player. But um, yeah, no, I think I think for both games and the home game that we played, and that, a certain McGrandall's won the show for me, I think, that, that home game. Or well, it might have been the season before, I can't remember. But um, yeah, no, we can't go in there like this. It's not like we're pulling up any trees and have a divine right of winning the game. Um it's going to be a tough one. I know we say it every week, but it is. I think in their penultimate game, they scored as many goals in one game as we have in our last six, didn't they? So I think they won 6-3. So they can, obviously, they know where the goal is. <laughs> Not more than us at the moment. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those games here in and around us. So if we're going to try and climb up the table, these, these are the sort of games that we need to be winning. There was a lot of emphasis at the beginning of the season that we had a tough start and all the teams we were playing are now in the higher echelons of the league or whatever. Um, but these are games that we need to be winning if we're going to do anything and finish in the top half. And that's mad me saying that now, look at where we are. But we have to win these games and they'll be thinking the same. You know, It's going to be a tough game, but it's a game that we can win if we fire in all, all cylinders, which we're not doing at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a six-pointer, isn't it, Lewis, for lower mid-table supremacy. Um, you know, it's a big one. Um, <laughs> we 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 need a lift. I've said I've said it going into our last few games. We we need something. We we need something to lift the fan base, to lift the players as well. Even even if Scott Marshall thinks they're all right, they 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 need it. Everyone just needs something to 
to, to get over the line and, and it will be it will be a tough outing for us we haven't we haven't traveled well so far this season i mean i'll ask it and i don't i don't really i'm not putting my whole heart into this question but we're three points above the relegation zone you know we found ourselves in a similar situation this time last year we we're actually in the relegation zone i can't see us getting sucked into that to any extent uh, you know i know noddy who tweeted in suggests he thinks we will but if we go another three or four games without tasting victory then maybe i will have to change our opinion as well so it is important just to get that that sort of underlined at this stage of the season keep a healthy gap between us and the bottom four yeah yeah i think so i mean i'd, I'd like to think we won't get sucked into it and i'm I'm in the same camp as you i'm not i'm not sort of expecting us to but at the same time anything can happen in this in this division and yeah i think this is a key opportunity now aside in, in a similar position to us to to try and kick on I think if we can get something Saturday, it gives us a great opportunity. We've got back-to-back home games after that, you know, Exeter on Tuesday, which would be a very tough game. They've had a good start. And then Portsmouth um, on Sky the week after that. You know, you've, it's good to have those two back-to-back home games after. If we can get something against Lincoln, lift the spirits a little bit, then go into two two home games, you know, it could really lift the place. But it's not going to be an easy place to go. You know, they're going to want to try and get a result too. So, yeah, I, th- I think we we're gonna have to be we're gonna have to be at our best. I think it's a difficult place to go. I remember it, it was quite an intimidating little ground. It turned out quite a good atmosphere. I'm not sure how many um, Charlton fans will be heading up because of the the travel issues and the travel disruptions. But hopefully we we take a good number, and I'm sure whatever we take, I'll be loud as well. So yeah, I think it'd be a highly highly contested game, and I think both sides will be looking for the result. But for me, as you say, it's, I think it's crucial. We try we need to get something Saturday to try and kick on. Yeah, it's ironic, isn't it? I, I don't know. I assume it's still got the same sponsored name as last season, Central Bank. It's called the LNER sta- uh, Stadium, uh, the, the one form of transport you can't take to actually get there. It's sponsored by a train company. But right, um, we've run out of time on this week's a big match preview. Thanks to those of you uh, who tuned in, and those of you who sent your messages in as well. We have plenty of messages uh, this week, which is always a delight. If you want to have your say on Sunday's show, you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at charltonlive to look back at whatever happens uh, against Lincoln and have your say keep an an eye out for uh, Lewis uh, after the game as well on on Saturday we'll hopefully try and get some fans bar if if he's done schmoozing uh, Lewis is doing some schmoozing on Saturday but um, hopefully we'll get some fans bar after the game as well for your reaction uh, to whatever happens up at Sinsel Bank right so thanks for listening uh, this week thank you Lewis and Nathan for speaking with me this week Cheers, boys. Out the chowoon. Enjoy your schmoozing, uh, Lewis, and uh, enjoy whatever you're up to, Nathan. And, uh, right, I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. Uh, we shall see you again on Sunday.
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.